Hello everyone, my name is Patrick Patton and I am your host on Are We Grownups Yet? This is the podcast where I'm asking creative professionals how they built careers in unconventional fields to make a living doing the things that they love. And I'm doing that to inspire and motivate you to do the same. Today, I'm speaking with my good friend Candace Miller, who is a hair and makeup artist living and working in Los Angeles. And she's actually originally from the Central Coast, which is where I'm from. So Candace and I go way back, and I'm very excited to share this conversation with you. This is what we used to dream about when we were still just kids. That's right, Candace. Okay. I do remember that. <laughs> it's almost like that. Um, what's that uh, thing nowadays? Like ASMR. The thing where people will like talk into the mic and they'll do like this and they'll talk oh, really low. I I don't I, like, know anything can... about that, but I heard Aubrey Plaza on Dak Shepard's podcast talking yes. about something like that. That must be what you're talking about. Yeah, I I have like, like a it thing. soothes people or something. Yeah, it's very soothing to people, but I can't like it almost hurts my ears. There's like an actual condition that some people have where like, are we recording right now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't listen to like if people are really loud eaters. Oh, I, I hate can't, that. I can't do it. <clears throat> so like all of these like little like like when they talk really like seductively or like <laughs> they like are like scraping soap like soap is a big thing. I'm like I can't do it. <laughs> it like hurts my ears. When I was on the ambulance, we had one dispatcher who was like, "Good morning, Max." Okay. <laughs> Code three to and it was oh, like God. <laughs> everybody was like, Manic six one, code three. <laughs> and she's like, Code three to the <laughs> She's like trying to be like ASMR before it actually became a thing. It's a vehicle accident. <laughs> You're like, just be a regular person. Which like in the middle of the day, it just seems really out of place. It's like just like you know, it's an emergency. Like, why are you talking like that? Yeah. But then when it's three in the morning and you're dead asleep. And it's like, bleep, 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 bleep. and you're like, oh no, we have a call. And then it's like, good morning, <laughs> Oh, good morning. You're like, yeah. that oh, was okay. soothing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of works in that situation. All right. All right. You ready to get started? I'm ready. How are you feeling? Good. Feeling good. I listened to a podcast on the way here just to prep my mind. Ooh, what'd you listen to? I really love, um, like, well, I like two different kinds of podcasts, either like comedic talking ones like Dax Shepard, Armchair Expert, or Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, mm-hmm. or like murder. <laughs> like <laughs> like the true crime ones? Yes, exactly. I Everybody, those are all the rage and I still haven't listened to them, but I'm not really like, Andrea always wants me to watch Making a Murder and all this stuff. Yeah. And I just, it doesn't appeal to me. Now, but I'm kind of weird where... Even movies like that I want to see, yeah. I don't want to start them because I don't want to sit down and waste my time. And then as soon <laughs> as it starts, I'm hooked. Yeah. I'm like, shut up. I'm watching this. Right. You have to like break off time just for that. Yeah. And I don't like to do that. I'm, I just kind of like to 
either be working and doing something productive or spending some dedicated time with my family. And there's not much in between. And movies, like, in my mind are such a waste of time. And then... And I'm always kind of like in a bad mood when somebody wants to watch a movie. And I'm like, okay, I guess we'll watch a movie. And it starts and I'm like, whoa, I love this. Yeah, this is amazing. How can we waited so long to watch this? Right. I'm the type of person that I I kind of always like to be listening to something. So when I'm driving, I always will listen to podcasts. But some of them are long. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like not enough time to finish a podcast and then I find myself like sitting in my car just outside of where I need to be like wait like trying to finish it like listening and so then if I know it's too long for how long I'm driving like I won't start it and, and unless I can finish it right or one episode or whatever I drive so much that yeah like I'll you know finish a three-hour podcast in one drive and then I'll start a new one and I mean, later that day, I'm driving another like three or four hours and I'll finish that <laughs> one. And I one. just, I listen to so much. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of a great way. Like I think about the olden days, you know, our grandparents who drove like cross country and like had nothing to listen to or the radio. Listen I guess to the, the hum of the engine. And yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. I would have gone insane. The static <laughs> across like Kansas. Yeah. It's just like, wow, look at that tree go by. <laughs> just so. They probably talk to life. each other. Yeah. They like what, had in-depth What idiots. <laughs> How could they? I don't know. <laughs> Does this remind you of your radio days? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I randomly was in radio for like a a little blip and I actually started off in radio sales but when I got to the station they were excited because there was another girl and they a lot of times what I discovered about radio it's so different than you really think it's going to be you think it's all professional like voice talent that's on the radio doing the ads and and all that stuff but it was like oh we have this Kennedy Club fitness ad we need a girl for. Hey, can you come back into the, you know, control room and like record this thing? And I'm like, sure, but it's actually a lot harder than you think it is because when you are trying to record an ad, you have to have like a very hyped up sounding voice. And so if you're too dull sounding or I don't know, you just have to like get in the zone on the like in in your voice and so the guy who would record me he would be like okay I need you to smile while you're saying it like you really need to pretend you know and that was a really interesting thing to learn how to like be a voice actor I guess for these ads where I'm like I'm just like a sales lady (laughs) (laughs) and now I'm recording ads for these like big you know commercial spots but it was always funny to hear myself on the radio. Yeah, I think I'm going to start just smiling when I do this. Yeah. Like super creepy, just smile. Yeah, it really like brightens the tone. <laughs> and then also like using your hands in a very expressive way, like when you're talking, it really makes a difference. Okay, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. So people out there can't see me, but you can tell me in the comments if this is changing my voice. Yes. And making it more palatable. Right. It would be like... Kennedy Club Fitness or like <laughs> like five days of of summer. I don't even know. And uh-huh. and or like and you're like jazz hands. Yeah. Or then some of them would be like 
I'll never forget there was one that I was like, this is a weird ad. It was like, are you pregnant but don't want to be? Like, it was like something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, and it was supposed to be like super serious. <laughs> just and, like, and you're like waving your hands around <laughs> and smiling. Yes. Like, can I just go back to my desk? This is a weird ad. So that was just like my blip. But that's actually how I met my, my boyfriend. He was um, – on air like talent that's like his passion and he does voiceovers you guys both have great voices oh thanks i feel like we could become like a super super team voice team or something yeah you could be like the radio duo you could be the the npr people hi candace good morning hi candace it's joe (laughs) i can't even do a joe impersonation he's so good at like impersonating impersonating other people also like he does um Ron from Parks and Rec, like to the point where I'll think he's watching it, and then I come in the room and he's just like pretending. He's just in the room by himself, just doing Ron he'll, Swanson impersonations. Yeah, he'll be like steak, or I don't know, like I can't even do it. I'm not good at those sorts of things. Like, he's so he's really really good at it. When you said before we started, when you said this reminds me of I for some reason my mind filled in the blank uh-huh. to that um on Parks and Rec the guy who's like <laughs> sorry what what is her name i don't know he uh, says all these weird names oh, and yeah. uh, he's filling in for whatever and <laughs> you know studies show that our audience loves, loves jazz, jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and they plays all the jazz at once yeah it's it's also funny because i after I was in radio, I went and did PR and marketing for a nonprofit, and I would actually go on the radio to promote events that were happening. And so I would go into all the different radio stations. There's like a block of, of stations. So you walk down this hall and it's like the country station, the rock station, the, the, the you know, family friendly station the talk station and you do them all in a row. So you're promoting. So you literally are going from room to room. They don't yeah. just have like one. Oh, no, okay. cause they're all going at the same time and it's usually morning time. Mm-hmm. That's like the best time to, pr- to promote. So I would go in and the vibe would be just completely different in each room and it's like different people. And so you're kind of saying the same thing, like promoting this event, but in a just di- completely different way. And that, always reminded me of Parks and Rec also there's like you know because Leslie would go on to promote like park stuff and sometimes it would be like with these two guys who are just complete oh yeah like crazy Ira and the douche yeah and the douche (laughs) douche nation like and I was like this feels like this like with the rock station they'd be really like talking about whatever and 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 then it'd be like so that uh, 10K race that's coming up that everyone should like, go to. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah. <laughs> So that was like always a really, I liked doing it because, you know, it was just fun to be in that environment. But I just always laughed like when I walked away, like that was a weird experience. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying the interview. I wanted to pause for just a moment to thank our sponsors. Have you ever tried shopping for fabric online? How do you shop for fabric when you can't feel it, touch it, get a close look at it? Cottonier Fabrics makes shopping for fabric online easy. The website is beautiful, the images are gorgeous, and so detailed, you're not going to be surprised with what you buy. I should also mention that my wife and I own Cottonier Fabrics, which is why we put so much emphasis on clear and beautiful photography. 
So if you need fabric for any reason, go to cottoneerfabrics.com, C-O-T-T-O-N-E-E-R, fabrics.com. So do you want to tell the listeners who you are? Sure, yeah, now that we've like, like gone through all that. <laughs> no, after our 30-minute um, <laughs> Parks and Rec <laughs> podcast. We just finished watching like all the seasons, so it's on my mind. Um, my name is Candace Miller, and I am a makeup artist. And I dabble in hair, but mostly makeup is my passion, so um, that's me. <laughs> and Patrick and I met when we did a, a fashion photo shoot <laughs> He reached out to me about doing like you guys were doing your very first fashion. Yeah, that was my very first editorial. Yeah, and we showed up at the model's house, and the hair artist had just bailed Mm -hmm. like five minutes before we got there. I had no hair stuff with me. We had all just met each other, so I'm like, "What? Uh, This is a weird." moment to meet somebody in like kind of crisis mode a little bit and you saved the day well and it was but it was funny because when we got there I didn't bring any hair stuff with me because I thought a hair person was going to be there but then the model had like no hair like she didn't even have a brush she had like a comb that was missing all these like (laughs) teeth (laughs) and it was supposed to be this like 60s big bouffant hair and she had like pump hairspray like and so I just was like, what? Yeah, you were <laughs> like not equipped to deal no, with that. Not at all. But you pulled it off and it got published. So It did. And I felt like we kind of bonded and with your wife as well. Like we all kind of were like, that was an We were experience. all kind of there like, okay. This, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's make the best with what yeah. we got and it'll be an adventure. And we went and climbed a bunch of sand dunes and like. Yeah, that was rough on the way was- back in the dark. <laughs> We climbed all the way down to the beach where the sand dunes are, and then we waited for sunset, and it was so beautiful, but then the sun went down, and we're, yeah. like, climbing back. And the poor model, I had just put her in the ocean. <laughs> so, <was> so <laughs> And then, well, I don't know, because I was a little behind you guys, because I had mm-hmm. a bunch of equipment, and I remember hearing, like, a coyote, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, is this how we die? Like, is <laughs> Like we're climbing these sand dunes in the dark and the coyote's going to like attack us or something. Okay. Um, I'm sure that is not the weirdest moment in your career though. (laughs) Have you had any like super weird, weird experiences? You know, I, the thing that becomes weird a lot of times is I work a lot with just regular, regular women. And also with like celebrities, like it's kind of like a whole range because sometimes I'll do weddings or sometimes it's like for an event that they're going to, but then sometimes it's for like, you know, photo shoots or forever 21, like e-commerce. So the weirdest moments happen a lot of times when I go to other people's homes, like for these events or a wedding or that sort of thing, where you step into someone else's world and you really have your eyes open to like how other people live. Mm -hmm. I once went to a home where they were like, basically like there was trash everywhere and rat, like there were mice and like they, they wanted me to get them ready, like in this bedroom. And there were like dirty underwear on the ground and like cups with like mold on them, like on the ground. And I was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, this is so, so weird. But then you also get to experience like other people's understandings of like personal space. Like mm-hmm. I've had, um, 
naked people just like running around, which you kind of become accustomed to in like the modeling world. But when it's like a mom in her sixties, <laughs> she's like fully naked, <laughs> like with nothing on. And you're just like, oh, okay, like here we go. But yeah, just sometimes like unusual, unusual, unusual situations where you're not like prepared. You're like, I'm just here to do a job. And then like everything else around you is kind of strange. Yeah. I mean, it's always shocking if you're not expecting it. Yes. And as a paramedic, I spend a lot of time around naked people and as a fashion photographer, right? you know, but if I'm not expecting it and somebody's just naked, I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh, (laughs) tell me next time. Okay, (laughs) I need to get ready for this. Those are some boobies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I've also just had like really interesting situations on set where it's like you are running out of time and, and you have to like pull out a look like super fast or, mm-hmm. and you're just like in that, that like adrenaline rush. And, and then in the end you're like, Whoa, I did it. You know, like you kind of realize like what your strengths are yeah. and how far you can be pushed, you know? Um, but a lot of times when it, like when it came to that situation where it was like hoarder status, I just was like, the instincts were like, get me out of here as fast as mm-hmm. possible. But you're also trying to be professional. They're paying you. So you're, you're just kind of like weighing the, you know, how do I react in this situation mm-hmm. to my instincts, my woman instincts of being like, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah, I would be pretty uncomfortable. With yeah. That. Although I have to say, you know, again, as a paramedic, I went into that house a lot. I would imagine. And it's kind of funny because I relate to you what you're saying, but I'd imagine it's pretty different demographics, people that are hiring a makeup artist and people who are calling the ambulance. Right. Because it's a pretty specific demographic. I mean, there's, you know, quote unquote, quote, normal people who call the ambulance when something goes wrong. Right. But there's a high bigger percentage of of the time when it's that house. Right. It's like a different kind of person who might be needing emergency help or especially like in a home or something. Well, anybody could have an emergency, but it's a different kind of person that needs, you know, has an emergency regularly. Right. Yes. Well, it's so interesting because especially in Los Angeles where I I live, um, there's a huge homeless problem. I mean, homelessness is happening everywhere, but it's kind of shocking how bad it has gotten in LA. Yeah. And, and it's so, um, compartmentalized. It's so like, yes. that, like this corner looks like Mad Max. And then this <laughs> corner over here, they actually cleaned it up. It looks nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I kind of want to come hang out here. Right. And then you go around the corner and it's like, Oh man. Yes. I just recently had that experience where I was, um, doing a photo shoot and we were, going to a a shop like in the flower district of downtown LA and the way to get there. Yeah. Right around there. That's uh, really bad. It's like sixth street and literally from like, like first street to fifth street is like skid row. And so, you know, I'm just taking ways or whatever. And then all of a sudden the street was, there was a huge detour, like all these cop cars blocking. So I couldn't go just straight through. And I had to literally detour onto Skid Row. And it was like the walking dead. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I thought too when I said it. But I 
I kind of felt like, well, people are going to think I'm exaggerating and think I'm being dramatic if I say The Walking Dead. So yes. I said Mad Max, <laughs> yes. but I totally thought in my head, The Walking Dead. Yes. This is The Walking Dead. I'm in it. Right. I mean, there was even, because we ended up, and there's like street lights, so you get stopped at like a red light, and you're just like, And everybody's just walking through the traffic, yes. like, you know, raising their boombox overhead. There's like dudes riding bikes, like with knives, just like yes. stabbing the air and yes. laughing at you. And like, it's like. You're like, oh, this is my nightmares oh, come to life. <laughs> but there, and there was this woman who was like walking down the street. She walked right in front of my car. She had no shoes on no pants on, no underwear on. She was just wearing a sweater that literally came down far enough to cover the bits. <laughs> and her hair was crazy. Her legs were like black basically from just dirt and soot or whatever. And she's just walking down the street with like a breakfast platter and guys are just like whistling at her. And I was just like, I want to help her, but like, I'm scared to get out of the yeah, car. Yeah. And that's the thing, both with that situation and with those homes you walk into, yes, it's like, yeah. I have I have compassion for this person, but I also feel really uncomfortable. Right. And I don't know. I've never been around this. I don't know what to do. I don't yeah. know how to help. And I was going to say, like, I would imagine, like, when you're going into homes a lot, it's like that kind of environment where people are not necessarily, like, maybe in their right mind or mm -hmm. there are other outside factors like drugs or alcohol or something like that. And that, yeah, uh, I give props to our emergency services because I just don't know if I could handle that over and over again. Yeah. It'll, it'll get you pretty jaded if you're not, um, you know, if you don't yeah. intentionally take steps to get perspective, right? get right. yourself out of that. Yeah. Are We Grownups Yet is also brought to you by New Face Fashion Magazine. New Face Fashion Magazine is an editorial based fashion magazine. It comes out every month and it's filled with gorgeous photography. My images have been on the cover of New Face Magazine quite a few times, and I'm really proud to be part of the New Face family. Another really cool thing about the magazine is that they spotlight up-and-coming influencers and celebrities, some of whom I've actually had the opportunity to photograph for the magazine, and that has always been a really fun experience. So go to NewFaceFashionMagazine.com, that's NewFaceFashionMagazine.com, and get the latest issue. Um, okay. Let's get a little bit lighter here. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious, is there a time like in your life when you decided that you wanted to do this for a living? Yeah. Because I know you've had several careers. Right. Well, when I first was interested in makeup was in high school. And I actually really loved the idea of special effects. And that kind of came from an art background. And I really loved... Um, like ceramics and sculpting. And I kind of love the idea of merging the two. And also I kind of had a theater background. So the idea of like creating characters was really appealing to me. And so, um, I wanted to go to makeup school, like right out of high school, but my mom was like, you going to college? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not a question. And so I went to college and I, I majored in film and television. Like it was like a film TV radio major at Cal State Fullerton. And so after, I got done with that. I was like, I still want to go to makeup school. So I, I went to makeup school and went through the whole program, realized that- Which school did you go to? I went to, um, it's called, it was called Westmore Academy of Cosmetic Arts. And this gentleman who ran the school, he um, 
was from a generation, like multiple generations of all these men who were makeup artists going all the way back to like Gone with the Wind. Because back in the day, makeup artists that were part of studio filming were only men. And a lot of times they had like um, studios like on uh, studio lots. And so they were like designated, like you're with Warner brothers, you're with this studio. So he like did makeup on the original blade runner. He's won Emmys and all this stuff. And his, um, his nephew was a part of like all the star Trek, um, uh, star Trek, sorry, not track. Sorry, Joe, my boyfriend, he'd be so ashamed. He loves Star Trek. and <laughs> It's Star Trek, not track. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm a Star Wars guy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like sometimes men fall into one or one or the other. Um, so, yeah, after I went to um, that school, I realized that special effects wasn't really for me in the sense that it's like very scientific like uh-huh. a lot of chemistry and a lot of chemicals and i just like wanted to like sculpt cool masks right and like stuff like that i had the exact same experience with video and photography oh, so yeah. out of high school i moved to la started in video mm. and realized how tedious and scientific <laughs> and mathematical and how patient you had to be it's you know a lot of a lot of that and a lot of work and then a lot of editing and, you know, obviously feature films take maybe years sometimes oh, yeah. in some cases, you know, and at best it's like a month or months right. for a short film. And photography, it's like click, like done, instant, yeah. boom, instant <laughs> gratification. Yeah. And so, yeah, and you feel it a lot more instead of like planning and, you know. Yeah, it's very, you have to be very specific and you have to be very like good at planning not that we're not those people but I think we're the type that like I've realized over the years as becoming a makeup artist I do like that instant Mm -hmm. gratification of a project being done quickly like I'll do a makeup in 45 minutes or an hour and then it's done even before I take the photograph you see it and you see that it's beautiful and you did a job well done yeah exactly and that's how it is for me too it's like even before I take the photo you know, the model sitting there, she's got her hair and makeup done. The clothes are exactly what we wanted. Yeah. She's in the location. You know, let's maybe move you over here where the light is perfect. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's hard to... You don't to... have to wait for... I mean, you obviously have to wait a week or two for the yeah. edited photos. But... Right. Well, and that's what's tough sometimes too is like you have the instant gratification of like, oh, I did the makeup, I did the hair, it's done. But then like waiting for the other side of it where it's like you get the photos back or you get the film back or you get, you know, now it's in a magazine and it's like months and months and months because you're proud of it and you want to show it off. But then there's like the whole other side of it where you're like, ah, man, it's been a year and I haven't been able to post anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting like dynamic to work within. So yeah, I, um, but I don't know if it's this way for you, but I, I enjoy the shoot so much that yeah. that's almost like the main course. And then whatever else like happens afterwards when the photos are done, when it gets published, yeah. that's like bonus, you know, that's, yeah, that's dessert. <laughs> it's like personal gratification. And then the rest comes later, like in a career gratification mm-hmm. way, like where you get to actually show what you've done right? and, um, you know, say it's been published or, or whatever it is, because we definitely are living in a world where there's, it's very content heavy and you always have to sort of have something like that you're showing that you're doing. Um, and so, and I'm the type of person that 
like I like to rotate photos a lot on my website and you know I I don't think that everything should always be like put out there it's like the best gets displayed you know so it's like oh this photo shoot was so good I can't wait to like show it and then it's like it takes a while you know but that's yeah. like the other side of it all you have to be patient and you have to you know <laughs> let that excitement happen later um but enjoying the process too is a huge thing that's when i was like okay yeah i think i'm in the right field because i enjoy the process yeah i enjoy the the doing of it and then when it's done i enjoy that too right yeah for me when i so after i um went to makeup school, I really tried to be a professional makeup artist, but there were so many aspects that just were not coming together. Like I had just moved to LA and I didn't know anybody. I was not connected. I had never really even besides like college, I'd never lived on my own. I was only like, gosh, like 21 years old, you know, having rent for the first time, having, um, you know, having had jobs in the past, but when you're working freelance, you never know where, you're, where your next job is coming from or your next paycheck. So, um, right around that time, I went through all my savings super fast. There was a writer strike that happened in the industry, like right around that same time. And so everything just shut down and I struggled so hard. I tried to make it my career and it just didn't last. I just was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> and I, I didn't have life experience behind me really. Right. And so I was making decisions <clears throat> that just weren't the best for myself. And so at that time I just was like, I just need a job. Like, but I don't want to be a waitress anymore. I got my th myself through college. I have a college waitressing. I have a college degree. Like I just need something. And, um, I ended up detouring into casting. I was a casting director, um, mostly background casting, but sometimes principal if the, if the show needed it, I worked in television. I worked on amazing shows. I did that for six and a half years. And so things detoured like sharp right hand turn for a long time and makeup just became like in the background. But then after, you know, all those years of, this kind of stressful environment, I realized like this wasn't my passion. This wasn't my joy. And I didn't know how I ended up there. <laughs> and so I kind of just left that all behind and really wanted to pursue makeup again, but again, coming at it after so long. So I, I did have, I always had like a full-time job while I was doing makeup and kind of like restructuring myself. But when I kind of to answer your question, when I, I realized I could have it as a career, you know, this is, we're talking like, you know, a good eight years later, I'm older now. I've gone through a lot of life experience and I was getting more jobs requests for makeup that I was having to turn down that at the time I and was you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like I have a full-time job. I'm doing PR and marketing for this company and I, I do love it. And I feel like I'm giving back to the community and stuff like that. But then there was all this makeup work that I was wanting to do. And I'm having to like lie to people and be like, I, I have a doctor's appointment. I'd run and do a photo shoot, come right back and like be like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Like I made it back in time. And so I just realized like that I was getting older and I was at the point where I, 
thought, I don't want to have any regrets. Like I still want to try and do the LA thing. I still want to try and do the celebrity thing. I, I felt like I, I didn't get my chance when I was like 21 years old and didn't know what I was doing. And so now as it, a person in my thirties, I want to go back and try again. So I literally quit my job and just was like, I'm moving to LA. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye all my connections. Bye living as the big fish in a little pond. I'm going to move to the big city now. And so, you know, that was where it all sort of started off again as like having it as a career. Which for listeners, Candace is not old. <laughs> you made I'm it sound 80. No, like I'm now that I'm So if you didn't know already, I am a professional photographer. Uh, my company is called Patrick Patton Photography. You can visit patrickpattonphotography.com to see my latest work. And that's how I make a living. Uh, that's how I put food on the table for my kids. That's partially why I know so many people in the industry and why I'm able to travel and speak to all these cool people that I'm bringing to you via this podcast. So if your business needs photography, go to patrickpattonphotography.com and check out my latest work. And if you think we'll be a good fit for one another, then maybe we can set something up. Go to patrickpattonphotography.com. <laughs> I got older. and I got older. No, you got a More long career ahead wiser. of you. I got wiser. But I did a very similar thing to you. I moved to LA at 19. Yeah. I started working in production because I wanted to do uh, film. And it's, you know... As a 19-year-old, you don't know what the heck's going on. And you're like, and, I'm going to conquer the world. <laughs> yeah, and then you get there and you're like, okay, where's my, like, what do I, where do I find out what my next job is? Right. Like, there's no answer. Right. Nobody has an answer for you. It's like, you, I don't know, figure it out, kid. And you're yeah. like, what? How do I figure it out? Network. Okay, what does that mean? Like, yeah. And it was a rough two years down there where, yeah. you know, I kind of got better at it, but as a freelance production assistant, yeah. it wasn't enough to, well, it became really is, difficult to pay rent and I was over it and yeah. And I'm sure I that we were there also. around the same time because we're, I think we're the same age. It was 2004, 2005, 2006. Yeah, exactly. And so I, um, I was there right around cause I was older when I got there. That was like in, um, 2009, like 2008, 2009. This was before Instagram. This was right. before. This was when you, you had to pay 400 bucks for LA 411 so you could get <laughs> yes. people's contact information. Right. This was before social media, really. I mean, Facebook was a thing, but it was so different than what it is now. No. MySpace space was like probably more popular. MySpace, yeah. Yeah, that was a thing. So like when you think of making connections, it was like you had to like, it was like a handshake connection. But there was no business aspect to any of those platforms back then. It was like yeah. your, your three friends were on there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I remember when my friend was like, have you ever heard of Facebook? And I was like, no. And it was like when colleges, you had to have a college right. email to do it. And I remember seeing, it was such a weird moment because we looked up this guy, like we went to high school with and we were like, he has all these photos of himself, like, and that was such a weird new concept. Mm -hmm. Like, he was like a soccer player, and he had like all yeah, these no, it like, photos existed, but and, nobody knew what to do with it. Yeah, and we were so confused. Like, and why is it all of his photos of him? On top of that, <laughs> it was really like voyeuristic. It was very clicky. Yes, yes. Where like you didn't feel comfortable. Like now, 
I'll just see some random person that Facebook suggests and it's like, oh, this person that you never even spoke to but went to your high school and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to add them. I want to see what they're up to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cool. I right. can keep in touch with them. Right. And, and, you know, then you say hi, like, oh, hey, remember me? I went to your high school. I never talked to you. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, what's up? And right. back then it was like, we would have you know, never talked to each other. My, one of my close friends, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to add them. Hmm. <laughs> this is personal. Are they going to think that I'm being weird if I add them? Right. Like, well, and then I remember. <laughs> it was such a different thing. Yeah. On MySpace, you had like your top eight. Was it oh, like yeah. that got displayed? And yeah, I remember. Yeah, see, it was such a, it, it like <laughs> really um, enforced that clickiness. Yes. And I remember I was so strategic because I didn't want anybody. And you anybody, check people's to see if you were yeah, on their top eight. if you were on theirs and then you'd get offended if you weren't. <laughs> I forgot about that. And I kept like all my top eight. It was like, um celebrities that was like the first realm of like having contact with celebrities or like seeing in behind the scenes you know and I remember I followed like all the people from the office like Jenna Fisher was like <laughs> well because you did the casting for the well office. and this was before because I worked on the office but I was always a fan it was the weirdest experience working on the office because I grew up in Los Osos, California with like 10,000 people. I loved the show, this show, The Office. It was like just my style. And when I first moved to LA and was going to makeup school, I worked in catering and I just was like, I just need a job. And so I worked for this catering company and they would send you to events. And I got sent to the, um, Emmys of that year. And, um, we did the the like dinner portion after the Emmys and I was assigned to the table for the office characters. And I I thought I had died and went to heaven. Like I was like <laughs> pouring water for John Krasinski. I don't think I'd be able to pour that water. My no, hand would be shaking. I just was like – and then I'd like listen. Like as I'm pouring, I'm like, what are they talking about? Like listening. <laughs> and then one year later, I was on the show working as a casting director, like head of my department. Wow. And How did that happen? I When I started at the casting company I worked at, Central Casting, I started as an assistant – but then I got promoted really fast. So by the time I was like 23, I was like the lead for my department. Like at, I was a non-union casting director and then I became a lead casting director. So you're basically partnered with one other person on the show. And so I was like the um, head of the non-union side of the show. And then I became like the lead of the show. And so that's just like how it works. And then you're going to all the production meetings. You're getting to go on set. And you're just like looking around as such a wide-eyed like girl from a small town being like, I'm on the set of The Office and there's Steve Carell. And John Krasinski's like my crush. And he just said hi to me. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, what is this? This is my life now, you know? But you have to really understand that there's a whole other world that comes along with that. And you have to be really, you know, understanding of like the needs of those actors and how they don't want to be like bothered. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, you have to respect their needs and their personal space. And yeah, be professional. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's going to do it for today's episode. You can hear the rest of this interview on part two coming out soon. So make sure to subscribe to Are We Grown Ups Yet? wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Make sure to follow us on social media. And if you like this episode, then I would love it if you would give us a five-star rating. That's going to make this podcast more visible and more people are going to be able to find it and enjoy it. The Are We Grown Ups theme song was produced and recorded by my good friend Brooke Monroe, and it was written and performed by yours truly. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time on Are We Grown Ups Yet?